Oi, hello everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Today's podcast is going to be very exciting, very action-packed. We're going to call it Kosher Dating Etiquette. So many people are single, and many people want to go about dating and finding the right one. The question is, how do you go about this process? How do you come out of this process successful? How do you come out of this process a better person? And how do you eventually attract and get married to the right person? So if you're single, you have to build the mindset that everything is not about you. I know that you feel that everything is about you, but you cannot perform and make action towards good if you're busy reacting to news all day long and losing your focus. Everything is not about you right now. If you're single, you're in a constant state of growing. Everything is not about me. And I have to do my best to become the best version of myself possible at this moment in time. You have to fall in love with the process and surrender the outcome. The Vilna Gaon states that you have to plant the seed and walk away. Because you simply cannot control the outcome. And to have a mindset that every day God is renewing the world, which means that you have to renew your mindset every single day. right? Every single day brings new opportunity. You know, if you're single for five years and never met a soulmate or somebody, um, it doesn't mean that it's too late. Every day, every moment, every hour, every minute, every second is bringing new opportunity. The question is why? Because God is renewing the world every single day. Now, if you're a single man or a single girl, it's very important to know that you have to be happy, right? You wanna attract a happy relationship, you wanna attract a growth relationship, you have to become that. It's not about chasing the right one, it's about becoming the right one. So if you want to go into building a happy, successful relationship, you have to become a happy person. Now, Rav Noah Weinberg says that happiness is an obligation. What does that mean? Obviously, we're in the month of Adar now. Whoever comes into the month of Adar, they increase their happiness. So what does that mean? How do you increase your happiness? What does it mean that happiness is an obligation? Right? It's a big mitzvah to be in happiness. And as we all know, mitzvot are good deeds, but they're also commandments. It's not a suggestion to be happy. It's an obligation to be happy. So what does all this mean? Happiness is up to you, my friend. Happiness is a choice that you can make. What is that choice? Happiness stems and comes from fulfilling your value system. So let's say your value system is to keep Shabbat. You're Jewish, right? So we all have more or less the same value system. I know we come from different backgrounds, but more overall, your value system is to do good things. What are good things? To fulfill what your neshama is attracted to and what it wants. So keeping Shabbat will make you happy. Getting up in the morning to go to shul to pray will make you happy. Going to learn will make you happy. If you're a girl, Working on your modesty will make you happy. Praying will make you happy. Setting up to Hillam groups. Um, again, for the guys, making brachot before you eat, putting on tzitzit, putting on a kippah, being, being proud that you're Jewish. All, all, all these things, they add, they increase to your happiness because you're fulfilling your value system. So in short terms, happiness equals meaningful accomplishment. When you accomplish something that means something to you, to your intrinsic value system, that will increase your happiness, and that's how you will be happy. And that's what mean that that's what it means when we say that happiness is a choice. Happiness is a choice, meaning you choose what decision to make. You are in control of that. The outcome is not in your hands, but you can say, "I want to keep Shabbat," or "I don't want to keep Shabbat." The outcome of how you will feel 
comes from the decision that you made. So it's ultimately your choice to be happy. In this present moment in time, you can choose to focus and meditate on a happy thought, or you could choose to focus and meditate on a, ne- on a negative thought. So ultimately, it's up to you. It's also very important to know that the objective value system is the Torah, and we have to give proper emotional value to our feelings. Um, for those of you that are growing, I just want to, or are in the more religious end, I just want to tell you that extremism is not Judaism, right? People that are too extreme and forcing things down your throat, that's not a healthy, that's not healthy. You have to grow at a healthy, steady pace and something that you're comfortable with. You cannot, you cannot make rash decisions. You cannot force yourself to do things that you don't want to do or you don't understand, right? Um, you have to grow at a steady pace and you have to know where am I going? Why am I doing this? And that's how you will eventually fall in love with the, with the Torah and with your growth, um, right? We're all trying to build a sense of Yirat Hashem, a sense of fear of God, awe of God's greatness. So the, the, highest, the highest level of Yirat Hashem is when you're focused in the relationship with Hashem. I'm praying to pray. I'm not praying to receive. And there's a lower level, which you're fear, you, you fear Hashem's glory, but you're selfless because you're focusing on it for His sake. And there's the lowest level, you're, there's a fear of punishment, right? That's Yerat Hashem, that's the basic, I'm, fear of going, I'm, I'm scared of, of what's going to happen to me. But that level is ultimately self-centered. And especially connecting to dating, we have to focus on becoming a vessel to receive. We have to focus on becoming happy and focus on growing. Why? Because it's the opposite of being self-centered. You're doing it in order to give to your future partner. You have to go into a relationship as a giver, not a taker. And that comes into every single detail, even on the date, opening doors, being polite, asking about the other person, being more of a listener as opposed to a talker, obviously speaking at the right moments in time. But overall, when you're going into dating, it's very important to know what you need, what you're looking for, and what what kind of person are you. I personally believe <clears throat> that if a person works on themselves to a certain extent, he or she can make any relationship work. Sometimes there's a decree on a person that he has to marry a wife and suffer for whatever reason. So, And the Gemara talks about it, and that just shows you that if you really want to go into a relationship to try and make it work, you can. Um, so it's important to know that we have to understand we are going in to build and grow into love, right? People say all the time we're falling in love. It's not that you're falling in love, rather you're growing in love. And the question is, what is love? So love is the experience when you focus on the virtues, the good and, and the bad in another human being, but specifically on the good. You learn to love the good and to accept the bad, because you're never going to get a perfect person. You have to know how to focus on their good on their good traits and to bring out the good traits and to love them, to learn to love them, because love is a choice. So you can choose to identify and focus on the good, or you can choose to identify and focus on the bad, which will lead you to hate the person. And it's the same thing with the relationship with Hashem. We have a commandment. We say in the in the Shema every day. You, uh, you should love Hashem with all of your good 
and, and love Him with your assets. So, with both your inner drives, your drive for the right and your drive for the wrong. And when, with all your soul, even if it's taken away from you, you have to sit down and figure out what you're willing to die for. Now get up and live for that every day of your life. And with all of your assets, which is ultimately above all pleasures of this world, because that's the opposite of being self-centered. And perfecting your character traits is a way of loving Hashem by becoming similar to Him and emulating Him. And all of this, this is how we have to love our future spouses, our future wives, with all of our hearts, with all of our souls and bodies, and with all of our assets. Never ever be stingy with a woman. Never ever be um, cheap with your words. And never, never, ever be cheap with how you express yourself. It's very, very important going into dating that you let go of all the trauma and all the unhealthy relationships you had in the past and to know that I'm going into something new. I'm going into something fresh. I'm going into something healthy. And ultimately, by taking the time while you're single to work on yourself and to become this happy person that makes better decisions, that makes decisions that align with his value system, which will equal a good feeling of a meaningful accomplishment, this will increase the vessel you become, which will ultimately increase the soulmate you acquire. And when you acquire the soulmate, it's important to know that every single day you have to focus on the relationship. The biggest mistakes that couple makes, the biggest mistake that couples make, or that even singles make, is that they forget about you have to grow every single day. You sometimes meet someone, and you get out of the comfort zone, and like like you're comfortable. I mean, no, they come into your comfort zone rather, and you're comfortable with them now, but you forget about the fact that you still have to grow. She still needs to hear compliments. She still needs you to take her out. She still needs to receive as a woman. You have to give to her. And that's the ultimate way to receive back. Right? Ahava in Hebrew is love. In the middle of the word ahava is have. Have means to give. That's why dogs bark. They say have, have, have. Give me food. Give me food. I am hungry. So love is all about giving. And not giving with the, with the idea to receive. Giving unconditionally because you want nothing but the best for them and that is ultimately giving a part of yourself away because you are designed to be self-centered you are designed naturally programmed to be a taker and we love nothing more than our we love nothing or something more than ourselves because we are ultimately selfish and we are designed to be that way. So when we're giving part of our time, when we're giving our words, our money, which we worked for, when we're giving everything that we have to a woman, that will build true love. Love is not just dating and like dating is for the purpose to understand, okay, so I want to go out with this girl. She's attractive. Um, she has good traits. She has good midot. I like more or less the picture. You go on the date and you get to know the person. Is there chemistry? Do not look for reputation. Do not look for money. Do not look for anything on this date besides who she is as a person. And for the ladies, the same thing for the guy. Do not look for anything besides who, who is this person. Their hobbies, their interests, what they love to do on their free time, what they focus their time with. What kind of person is this? What's the potential for growth? It's almost like looking for... 
I don't want to say a business partner because it's not good to have partners in business, but you're rather looking for a partner that you're going to spend the next 80 years with. Do not look for the reputation because that is davar. Love that is dependent on an external factor is not real love. Same thing with money. The same thing with stat. All these things are bad. And the money is the most foolish thing to look for because the woman is the mazal. The woman will bring you the panasa. And that even for the married people listening, your wife is the only reason why you make money. She, when you marry her, she comes with her own fortune. And if you're rich, you owe all of it to her. All of it to her. So do not look for money when you're dating or because it's not up to you, it's up to Hashem. If you want to have a happy marriage, look for a best friend, look for a companion to share your life experiences with and someone to grow with and someone to have hard times with because hard times are coming. Good times are coming too, but to be realistic, there are going to be difficult periods in your life that you're going to need to overcome. So you need to find this right person to live your life with and to fall in and to grow in love with rather because you're constantly giving and obviously if 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 it all seems right if it's 80 percent more or less good then get married and then when you get married that's when the real that's when the hard work starts you're you're going into moving in with someone you know you're bringing your whole 20 something years of experience and they're bringing their own 20 something years of experience together or however old you are you're bringing your whole life into one house and it's going to be very difficult because you're both used to living a certain way and we have to as men become shapeshifters and learn to adjust and the same thing with the women we have to learn to to give in a little bit and not to be so comfortable with what we're used to and to know that we're moving in with someone so always avoid arguments, look to compliment, and look to just give in to make the other person happy. I think what's really, really important is constant communication. To know that if you feel like you're giving too much and she's not giving as much as you are and you want it to feel like it's mutual, then you have to communicate that, right? All a man wants to feel in a relationship is that, and this is for the ladies, all a guy wants to feel is that his woman made the best choice by choosing to marry him and by choosing to spend the rest of her life with him. A man wants to feel like, like to satisfy his ego, he wants to feel like he's the king of the household, like he won. Like, like, you, like you as the girl, you couldn't make a better choice by marrying him. It's not like, oh, I could have got this one if, if, if you didn't push. No, you, you made the, be the best choice for you possible was to marry him. That's how the man wants to feel. And the same thing for the, for the ladies right the a woman wants to feel like i'm the queen and this is how the couple should treat each other the man is the king and the, and the woman is the queen and it's nothing less it's not oh my god you know cursing each other god forbid or speaking to each other in an improper way no the man is the king of his household and the woman is the queen of her household and you have to treat each other like royalty like 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 majesty this is the reality of the situation. Outside of the house, who cares? When, when a man comes home and when a woman comes home, she's the queen and he's the king. And God forbid, God forbid, God forbid to ever speak to your wife inappropriately and to ever put her down. And the same thing vice versa, to ever make a man feel like less than his worth. You as a woman have the power with your words to bring up your man so much that he can conquer the world, that he can do anything. It's all with how you treat him, with how you make him feel, and with your words. That is the part of the growth, to constantly work on building him up. And the same thing with the man. 
I once heard in the speech from a Pesach Kron, he said, what, is, what defines a successful, a successful man? Specifically a man. Is it that he made a lot of money, that he gave a lot of charity, that he learned a lot of Torah, that he bought a bunch of cars, that he opened a bunch of businesses, that he became a big Tamil Chacham, bought a big house? What defines a successful man? The answer is, if the woman that's standing next to him is constantly smiling. What defines a successful man is that the fact that everywhere he goes, you ever go to a Shabbat dinner or, or some type of public event and the woman, she has a face that's like Yom Kippur, like, like Tisha B'Av, like she looks like she's in the middle of Yom Kippur. She has a complete frown on her face. Why? Because right before you came, they had an argument and the man didn't handle it the way he's supposed to. He didn't give in, he didn't apologize and he didn't make her feel good. So she has a face of Yom Kippur. That is a failed, that is a failure. F, you failed your purpose. A successful man is a man that everywhere you see him, no matter what, the woman by his side, his queen, is always smiling. His queen is always smiling. That is the definition of a successful male. <clears throat> there was once a story I think in the Gemara, correct me if I'm wrong, there was a Rav, I forgot his name, but get the point of the story. His wife would make him tea with salt and he would drink it and he would not even make a, he would not even make a beep and he would say it's delicious. She would always mistake in the salt for the sugar. And this happened for years upon years upon years. Most people, if you make tea with salt, the guy will curse out, he'll flip out and he'll scream, how dare you make me tea with salt? And for the nicer men amongst us, he'll probably say, oh, you put in salt by mistake and she'll feel bad, I'm sorry. This man, this rabbi was so careful that he didn't even want to tell her that she made a mistake. And he rather drink the salt, the salty tea and let her feel good and let her feel like she did something for him. Until one day, I think after 40, 50, like a long time, she tasted the tea and she said, oh my God, it's, it's, ugh, how are you drinking this? And he's, and she understood in that moment how much he loved her. He didn't want to tell her that she made a mistake. That's how much he cared about her. That's how much he cared about making her feel good and that, and like she did something for him. That is to the extent that we have to go. That is to the extent that we have to go to, to make our spouses happy. And I know that it sounds far-fetched, but I promise you, if you put in the work in the marriage, you won't have to put in the work in the business. And it's not just to do, to, to do one to receive the other. It's about the fact that you have to come in and say, I love this girl. I want to make her the happiest person ever. And I love this guy. I want to make him my proud knight in shining armor. It's, marriage is the constant work. It's a constant effort. But if you do it right and you have a good shalom bayit, everything else in your life will fall into place. You'll have happy children that will respect you, that will align with your values, and that will learn from you. You don't want you don't want to raise children that have to look to take the good and not the bad. You want to do your best to never argue in front of them, to never um, show certain emotions in front of them. Yes, it's reality at the end of the day, but children do not need to see that. Children need to grow up happy, need to grow up healthy, but they also need to grow grow up with a little bit of resilience and not to have everything given to them. The idea is, is it to teach them from your relationship how to act. And if how to act means not to argue ever in front of them, then, then, then they're going to bring that into their marriages one day. Ultimately, a child looks at his father like he's God. He wants nothing more but to make his parents happy and to be the right and, and to, uh, in essence, live for his parents. And that's why it's so important to put in the work now when you're single 
So when you get married one day and you do things right, your children will learn from that. There's also another story in Sefer HaChinuch, right? It says that there was a man that got married. I say this all the time, but I'm going to keep saying it until you guys get the point. There's a man that got married to a woman. The man was stupid. I hate saying the word stupid, but he was not intelligent. And everybody knew that. He didn't know Alphabet. The woman would tell him every single day, you're going to become the Gadol Hador one day. You're going to become the Gadol Hador one day. For those, who know, for those who don't know what that means, you're going to become the biggest rabbi in the generation one day. And after his lifetime ended, he became the biggest rabbi in the generation. The question is how? How? Because she took someone that felt like he had the IQ of a donkey and she made him feel like he had the IQ of Hamavadi Yosef. And you know what happened? He became Hamavadi Yosef. You have to understand something. Love is such a misused word because we're thinking like goyim. You want to think like a Jew? Know that love is the pleasure that you get when you focus on the good around you and cultivate that goodness. And you take something good and you expand on it. It's not just that you focus on your wife's good traits and tell her she's such a good cook. No. Tell her she's a good cook and expand on it and make her feel like she could cook even better. It's just an example, but ultimately we could, there's always room for improvement. There's always room to grow. So you have to take someone's ability and to make them feel like you're not just a good cook. You're the best cook in the world. You don't just make me like this Moroccan fish on Shabbat. You make the best. I, I, would, never, I would rather not eat it on any other household. I would rather starve if I was not eating your food. You know how you make the girl feel? You know how you make her feel when you tell her that her food is good? Even if the food is not good. Let's say the food, let's say you get married, it's your first Shabbat together, the food is horrible. Honestly, she made a mistake, let's say. Tell her that it tastes amazing, because regardless, she's going to put in effort. So suffer a little bit, and you receive later. That's what life is all about, my friends. What are you going to do, make her feel bad about it? She'll know that the food is not the best, she'll taste it herself, but the fact that you lied to her will go a long way. The way, the way that you speak to a woman is the words. The words is what will get her by. You have The words are the most important thing when it comes to women. And I think when it comes to men, the most important thing is respect and making him feel like he's the king. That's how men want to feel. Men want to feel like you, you've seen nothing more but him. Not... Not, not not a woman that's like constantly saying, oh my God, look at Steph Curry on the TV, so hot. Like, Or I don't even know what I hear nowadays. Like, look at this celebrity and that one. You know, that, that makes a man feel like, you know, if you weren't this Jewish religious girl living with me, then you could just go and pull him. And now he feels like garbage because because your whole focus is on is, is on everything else. You have to make the man feel like Steph Curry is nothing next to him. Like a celebrity is nothing next to him. This is the best choice you could have made. If you were rich, if you were famous, if you were if you had all the options in the world, there's no better choice you could make by marrying this man. You didn't just marry him because of because of uh, circumstances. You married him because there is no better choice you could make. Rav Noah Weinberg says words are like bullets. You have to use them in good health. We have to focus on the good points in our partner and to make them feel like that's the best possible thing we could have done. And not just to say it, but to act like it, to be about it, and, and to ultimately raise them up. I, I, can, I can't explain to you. If everybody would really like listen to the words I'm saying, it's not even about me. Let me be the messenger. But like, if everyone could really focus on this and, and to understand how important it is to make the other person feel good and to raise them and to bring them up and to make them feel like they're more than what they feel they are because they are more. They are greater than that. They just feel less. 
It's your responsibility as a spouse to bring out the good points in your partner, to make them feel like they are more, like they are greater, because they really are greater. They have inside of them on the Shema, it's a piece of Hashem, that's a great soul, because Hashem is greatness. You're also greatness. We just, we've just been made to feel by society that we're less than, by the numbers in their bank account that we're less than, by the, house, by the size of the house that we live in that we're less than. But we're not. We're not less than. We can be broke on the streets, homeless, but we're still Hashem's daughter or son. Circumstances don't change your value. If you take a $100 bill and smear dirt on it, it doesn't take away from the fact that it's a $100 bill. You just have to clean the $100 bill and it, and it, and it will always retain its value. And a strong, a strong a, a woman who is spiritually motivating her husband strongly this man can go anywhere. He can become wealthy. He can become happy. He can become smart, smarter than he thinks. He, he can do anything with the right support system. So if you're a woman and, you're, and your husband's not making the most money, motivate him. When he comes back, say, thank you so much that you're doing your best. And I love you. And even if we were to lose more money and become even more broke, I would never be more proud than to be your wife. He's going to wake up the next morning like an ox. A wall wouldn't stop him. He'll run through the wall because you gave him courage. You told him that his efforts are not going to waste. How many failed marriages do we have because of people constantly comparing and saying, oh, I could do better and this and cheating and, and, and problems and problems. It starts with not appreciating the gift that Hashem gave you. You're constantly looking for something else. Look at your, your spouse and bring out the good points in them. Same thing with, with the men. Oh, I could have got prettier and I could have got skinnier and I could have got richer. What? Hashem gave you this gift. Hashem didn't make a mistake by the Yuchupa. You're married to this girl because she's the best possible fit for your soul. She's your soulmate. Stop making her feel like she's less than. Bring out the good points in her. Make her feel better than how she feels because she is better. If you're looking at her... Then she, uh, if she's less than, then you just are looking at her through the wrong glasses. Take some greatness glasses and put them on. Because let me tell you something. This is for the men and the women. As much as you bring up your spouse and as much as you make them feel like they're greater than what they are, there is never a cap to it. If you bring someone's self-esteem from a zero to a hundred, there's no limit. You can bring it from a hundred to a thousand, from a thousand to... 10 million you can build a person with how you treat them with how you feel about them and with how you choose to look at them and to focus on the good in them and to bring it out and to continue bringing it out because there is no limit to a neshama the same way there's no limit to hashem there's no limit to the greatness that rests inside of us and that's what life is all about life is all about working on yourself internally you bring one guest for Shabbat, you could bring five. You could bring a hundred. You could bring 10,000. Anything is possible. And that is the mindset that we have to have. Enough with the limited mindsets. Enough with the constrictions that we place upon ourselves. We're limiting ourselves. Anything is possible. And go into that, go, go into dating with that mindset. Go into dating with that mindset. Go into marriage with that mindset. Go into your life as a single man or a single woman with that mindset. Anything is possible only if you try. The best shalom bait, the best situation, anything. We just, and that's the whole, that's dating 101, that's marriage 101. To focus on the other person, not on yourself.
Do not for a second be a taker. Always look to give. Always look to expand. Because while you think it's helping them, it's really helping you. Because the more that you make your wife feel good is the more that you will feel good. And it's the same thing vice versa. The more that you build up your husband, you say, oh my God, look how much effort I'm putting into him and it's not going anywhere. It's the opposite. The more effort that you're putting into him is the more that you're going to benefit later on. Happy wife, happy life is the most true statement I could have heard. And it's the only thing that came out of Hollywood that makes somewhat sense. And speaking of Hollywood, how many people can you say are married? But can you really put the word happily in front of married? Marriage is a disaster these days. But that's why we have to focus on where we come from. We're not looking for to Andrew Tate to get dating advice or Jordan Peterson or Goim Chas Shalom. We need to look to Hashem, at his Torah, his instruction manual, how to live the best possible life, how to have how to live a happy life, how to live a successful dating life. Not all these maneuvers that they give you today with reverse psychology, manipulation, making her run after you. This is all feeding the ego. It's feeding the negative powers inside of us, and it's not going anywhere. You want to you wanna be happy? You want to live a good life? Look to give. Look to learn Torah constantly and to work on your marriage and to never forget that. Do not forget this. Listen to this podcast again. Take notes. I think we covered the topic now more or less. Remember... Happy wife is a happy life, guaranteed. Because even if you never amount to any sort of success in any other facet of your life, back going back to Rabbi Pesach Kron said, if the woman standing next to you is happy, and that means happy in a one-bedroom apartment or in a mansion, if she's happy, then you succeeded. You fulfilled your tikkun. And that's it. Because the money you make is not up to you. The lifestyle you live is not up to you. The only thing that's up to you is to make sure that that damn woman is smiling nonstop, 24-7. She's down, make her laugh, bring her up. I don't know, whatever you need to do, make sure that that woman is constantly smiling like it's your job, like your life depends on it. Make that your focus and you will succeed. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. For those who are single, you should get married. This year, Brazat Hashem, Amen. Invite me to your wedding. And for those of you that are married, you should have the best Shalom Bayit possible. Bezrat Hashem. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.